it was always my intention when I opened the shop to have more than 50% Australian cheeses and having them side by side and showing my customers that there are alternatives to, you know, the bigger mass-produced cheeses that, you know, flood our markets and to be supporting local growers and producers is one of the things that I really wanted to do and you can do that from a from a tiny cheese shop. My name is Dan Sims and welcome back to the Mole Cheese Collective podcast where we speak to the makers, growers, farmers and families who just happen to make the best cheese in Australia. Blessed may be the cheese makers, but let's not forget the cheese mongers who play an important role in advocating the artisan cheese community. Today we catch up with the magnificent Penny Lawson, a self-confessed avid cheese lover and owner of Potts Point favourite fromagerie, Penny's Cheese Shop. Penny has become a staple in the Australian cheese landscape, having been in the industry for over 20 years. She also works as a cheese judge with the Australian Specialty Cheesemakers Association. And for those of you who have joined us at the festivals, you would have seen her smiling face behind many a stand, helping out and spreading the good cheese word. We finally got a chance to sit down and chat all things, especially about the evolution of Australian cheese, judging cheese, the important and vital role the cheesemaker plays as a provider, educator and advocate to cheese lovers, and what we can all do to support our growing cheese industry. I should say as well that for the entire month of August, we're shining an even bigger spotlight on Aussie artisans to celebrate Hashtag Aussie Artisan Week, which has been pulled together by our good mates at Pepe Sayer. That week is August 16 to 22, 2021. Supporting local artisans is paramount right now, especially as New South Wales continues its difficult and challenging lockdown and Victoria and South Australia who have just come out of theirs. Where you spend your food dollars right now really makes a difference. But for now, let's get into it. Penny Lawson, welcome to the Mole Cheese Collective podcast. How are you going? I'm going pretty well, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Oh, you know what? It's our pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, just to kick us off, why don't you tell us a little bit about Penny's Cheese Shop and uh, and yourself? Ah, well, Penny's Cheese Shop um, opened coming up to three years ago uh, in the heart of Sydney in Potts Point. It's a great little community um, with a lot of people, so little community is probably not the right term. <laughs> um, and it came from me working with and around cheese for a very long time. So I've been part of the Australian specialist cheese industry for probably 17 years now, I think. I'm an old kid. Um, <laughs> and I, um, I was first of all employed with Millerwood Cheese Company, who are friends of mould obviously and um, I've worked here in Sydney as well and over in London and I always worked for other people usually small businesses and I finally decided to take the great big leap into very small business. So, <laughs> I like that a great yeah. big leap into yeah. a small business. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh as I said you I mean you've been as I said you've been in cheese for you know a really great period of time and yeah. especially in around the Australian specialty you know, cheese mm. uh, association. Um, what what was it about cheese in the first place that got you hooked? You know, was, was there a cheese moment? Oh, yeah. I mean, I call it my cheese epiphany. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's that moment, you know, when you, the angels start to sing and 
um, I was I'd been working for Millwall Cheese for probably a few months. Hadn't quite got it, but you know, I was enjoying working with the business. And I think it was one Easter we were up there at the cheese factory, staying at uh, the family uh, house of the family Brown, and um, probably after a few wines and. <laughs> Uh, out comes the cheese and there was a Millowa aged blue that David and Crudwin and Annie brought out and uh, and a bottle of the neighbours, the neighbouring Brown Brothers uh, late harvest or, you know, orange musket flora or noble Riesling, can't remember which one, but the two together, it just, it just sang and I thought I'd be quite happy doing this for the rest of my days. This is my moment. <laughs> I'd come from, you know, I did an arts degree at Sydney Uni and it left it fairly wide open as to what my life was going to be. And uh, I'd worked in pastry and uh, butchery and finally found my calling <laughs> in in cheese. So oh, I tell you what, that, mm. yeah, that's uh, those late harvest wines from Brown Brothers in particular, yeah. Yeah. blue cheese, they just go... Hand in hand, don't they? It's yeah. a, just a magic, uh, magic, magic combo. I feel like I'm not alone in that discovery. You know, like um, a lot of people that I speak to in cheese, their moment is usually around a blue cheese, weirdly. I don't know oh, whether was, you found that as well, but. I just find it like, I don't know what I find really interesting about blue cheese is that people who love blue cheese love oh, yeah. blue cheese. Like, are obsessive about diehards, yeah, diehards, and <laughs> it's always funny when we uh, they said we put a blue box together, it just goes crazy. It's just awesome, but uh, I do, I do love blue cheese. It's just, especially with um, sweet things, just to have mm. that balance between it's a good sweet foil, and salty isn't it? Between the two of them. Mm. Well, tell me, how do you go from that from that moment mm. uh, with that at Miller with that incredible uh, combination? What was next? Well, I was running their retail shop down in Melbourne in Carlton North and uh, it was all Australian cheeses in there. So they were pioneering at the time for doing that. Um, uh, so we, you know, had a whole lot of other Australian cheeses like Meredith and Tarrago and Jindy and, you know, the usual suspects. Um, I've got to say I've seen a few cheeses come and go over the years. I feel heartbroken sometimes when I think of a cheese that's not mm. around anymore. Um, and then uh, David Brown at the time, so owner of Miller Cheese Company, was the president of the of ASCA, so the Australian Specialist Cheesemakers Association. Um, and they used to run a series of events, including cheese judging and a big show, which was kind of, I guess, like mould, but um, not as hip, you know. <laughs> the mould <laughs> community is is a really – it's just such a wonderful room full of people to be in, in and around. I love – coming to Moulds. I've been to the Brisbane and the Melbourne and the Sydney one. Um, so we did we did a series of those. So at the time, um, I think they were in a bit of a pickle in that there was going to be a show in about six weeks' time and um, someone had stepped out of the organisation and David asked me to stand up and help out. So I found myself running a huge event with 20 plus cheesemakers and selling tickets and writing the show program and doing all this stuff um, in amongst it all. So I was um, concurrently doing Miller with Cheese and Aska at the time. And that's where I met like a whole lot of the cheesemakers and formed some pretty strong, you know, bonds and loved listening to their stories. So, yeah. So when was, when was this? When was that sort of? That was like 2006, I think. 2007 something like that 
I was around about there. Yeah. So here's a question for you. And yeah. obviously being part of the Australian Specialty Cheesemakers Association. Yep. Um, being part, you know, at that sort of that stages of Australian cheese. Yeah. How how much I mean how much have you seen Australian cheese grow um, from say then to today? And is there is there one particular factor that's attributed to that, or is it a combination? Um, well, you know, there's a lot more small cheese makers out there now than there was then. I think, um, and the styles of cheeses and the the quality has improved, um, and. Uh, the passion that behind it remains, I think, always. So that does, that's unwavering uh, between all of them. Um, I guess there's a few more non-bovine uh, producers now. So the people like Pecora down in the Southern Highlands, and you got Toll Puddle up in you know northeastern Victoria, and you've got a few different people. And then obviously Nick down at at Bruni, uh, banging the drum for the raw milk C2 cheeses and paving the way there with that. Uh, Kim Masters over the last, you know, five years at Section 28, um, making some incredible alpine cheeses. Um, yeah, so there's more, I don't know, it's it's changing for the better. Um, and But I think that the passion's always been there. Is that a f- fair <laughs> answer? No, yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. that is the passion. I suppose it's like yeah. it's like looking at it as like was there one? Is you think there's one thing? Is it's a combination of everything? You know, it's yeah. like when from small things, big things grow. Indeed. Um, yeah. And you know, I suppose from you know with your cheese shop, mm. um, uh, from the cheese lover side of things, and yeah. I'd say the word consumer, but I hate the word consumer because it just sounds like. It's just a terrible word. <laughs> but, yeah. but, I mean, how, like, uh, in particular looking back over the last 12 months um, and how uh, how has the, co- the, the, the pandemic influenced people's purchasing habits? I mean, are you seeing a greater trend towards more support for Australian artisan producers? I mean, I do, but I've been a big um, supporter of the Australian cheese industry, so I've, it was always my intention when I opened the shop to have more than 50% Australian cheeses but have them side by side with, you know, world-class because they are on a world-class, you know, level. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in that. And, um, you know, having them side by side and showing my customers that there are alternatives to, you know, the bigger mass-produced cheeses that, you know, flood our markets and to be supporting local growers and producers is one of the things that I really wanted to do and you can do that from a from a tiny cheese shop perspective is you've got a lot of hands-on interaction and and conversation with people and um it's guiding them into the choices of choosing to have australian cheeses because they're um if not as good better than some of their counterparts and that's you know the flavors there the seasonality there it's it hasn't traveled as far um, and, you know, you're supporting small producers and that's, you know, that's my thing. And I guess over the last, you know, since COVID, was uh, imports were getting more expensive, so it was easier for people to, to support Australian producers in a way because it was more accessible. Um, but people are making the choice now as well. I think even from the bushfires just prior to people making a choice to be putting their money into the smaller producer yeah. And support no, them. So I think that's like been quite a strong shift how people are choosing to spend their 
their dollars. Yeah. It is good to see, isn't it? I think it's yeah. like, I should say it's like it's see I feel there's like this has been this um, slow groundswell and I think even the last twelve months has perhaps even amplified people's awareness of mm. thinking about local. Um, yeah. and it's almost as if uh, the you know, the the board set and the the quality of Australian cheese has never I don't know, been better. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's my opinion, but I yeah, mean, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think that's a combination of you know quality and interest and timing? You know, or is there, or is there a sort of any other sort of impacts that you think come to play? Um, might be something to do with you know um, different access to starter cultures. Um, some of the programs of you know um, listening to Burke talk about Burke Brandon from Prom Country talk about their starter culture for their blue being a unique. Um, uh, flavour profile from their own place or their terroir. So people are thinking about it a little bit more. Did I just use the word terroir? Sorry, everyone. Um, I like to call it the taste of place is better, I think. Um, oh, terroir, taste of place, both are great. Yeah, they're both good. You know, one sounds less <laughs> than the other. Um, um, so I think there's more striving for, you know, their own um, their own. Uh, unique flavours and um, styles, um, so maybe that's part of it. Yeah, I, and I guess you'd say as well, like we're um, you know, recording this and we're going to be airing this uh, around uh, Aussie Artisan Week. Oh yeah, um, uh, which is going to be a really great celebration of all things Australian artisan. Um, well, here's a, I suppose an interesting question: If we're talking about Australian artisans, what I mean, how do you describe to your customers what 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 as a what is a really classic example of an Australian cheese? Can you pick one? Oh, no. <laughs> um, uh, in terms of what people buy, you know, a lot of Australians are buying. We've got a, we've got a flavour of um, go-tos of the Bloomy Moulds and the Triple Creams. Like, that's a standard kind of Australian go-to cheese, I think. Um, well, what's your favourite Australian cheese? Are you oh, I to I say? Can't, I'm not allowed to say that, am I? Okay, <laughs> I've got of so many. I've got so many because, <laughs> um, you know, at the at the moment, I think it's the banging time for King River Gold from Millua. Autumn, winter is just the milk is at oh. peak for that particular cheese. But then the other day at Mould in in Sydney, so this is coming back to May. Um, I had a taste of uh, the Pecora Dairy Moss, which was oh. kind of similar to the Fleur de Mackey, I guess, or Brindamore. Um, and that was so good. The texture's so good. And you just think of where am I going to eat that? That's going to be outdoors picnic kind of summertime. You know, like I kind of – I don't have favourites, but um, but I think one of the true joys of being a cheesemonger, which is what I essentially am, is when you open up a new wheel of cheese and it doesn't ever lose its excitement is opening up that new wheel of cheese and having a taste and realising just how good it is. So, um, you know, they're all alive and they're all doing their thing and and my favourite cheese is the one that I've probably just tasted, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I I do love that. It's having that that constant excitement. Yeah. um, I think I, I love how you, you touched on that uh, um, one from Pecora, um, Pecora um, yeah. their, their cheese. And <laughs> Michael was, taste, was tasting with him. He's like, it almost reminds me of a lamb chop. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah wow. Like, uh, and Miller at King River Gold is such a classic cheese. It is like, a classic cheese. 
I was judging it um, at the RAS, so the Royal Agricultural Society show in New South Wales back in February, and that's when Pecra took out the absolute champion cheese for the Yarrawa, the raw milk one, mm. and I was like a proud mum because I was judging <laughs> on the championship judging you know panel, and I just couldn't believe it. I was so excited, you know, it was an emotional experience, but geez, that was a cracking cheese as well, and and when you when you taste that and and the work that's gone into that cheese because. You know, since they've been producing, I've been buying and selling their cheese um, and supporting. Mm. And you know, it's just such a such a wonderful, um, you know, seeing the work that goes into that, and and having you know, um, trying to make a raw milk cheese in a in a state which didn't have any raw milk cheeses, and working with the authorities, and you know, just the background that's gone into that cheese, and then just to taste it and and see that come to fruition in such a wonderful way is like yeah proud mum <laughs> oh, yeah. no, it's so good and well here's a question um is when you say so you're judging cheese i mean when you are tasting cheese to judge it in a um a show environment you know how do you break it down i mean what 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 characters are you looking for? I mean, do you do you mark it out of 10, 20? What, what are the characteristics uh, that you're yeah, looking for? Yeah, it depends on the shows. Like each one will have their own um, kind of breakdown. But traditionally it's a 20-point it's a system. 10 goes to flavour and aroma and then 6 to uh, texture and then 4 to uh, presentation. So it's light, lightly weighted on presentation. And presentation is just such a tough one because it's kind of – a cheese can be knocked out of championship because if someone deems it not to be presented right, it's you know you don't get a gold medal. Um, so generally, you know you don't, I don't ping them too much on that. But I mean, ultimately, I'm always looking for for flavour. Flavour is the yeah. best. Sometimes you know you you taste something and it's I don't know. I've, I've judged quite a few shows now, and one of them, like if I want to go home and and share that cheese with with friends that's what you're looking for that's a gold gold medal cheese that's like i'm going to buy this and i'm going to share it with people and you know it's a delicious cheese that's what i'm looking for it's not te- it's not technical technically um brilliant sometimes but then i'm not a technical judge i'm i'm not a cheese maker i don't come from that background i'm i'm what is known as an, an aesthetic judge so i'm there to bang on the on the drums of of the flavor and, and how good they are <laughs> Oh, I think there should be probably uh, you know talk about flavour. There should be a few points to deliciousness. I yeah, uh, wholeheartedly yeah, agree yeah, on that one. Yeah. If, as someone who's done a bit of wine show judging in my time, it's uh, uh, it is a process, and it's a, it's amazing how many um, I mean how many products would you taste when you're judging a day? Um, yeah, good question. Depends on again the show. Um, so I'm about to undertake one for choice magazine next week on on supermarket cheddars which is actually one of the best judging experiences that i reckon you can have because it's a blind tasting you're not tasting the same as what your other like judges are tasting at the same time and it's you you can take your time and you can go backwards and forwards between samples and in that in that case it's like 20 24 cheeses in a in a session um but then on days where you're um judging at a another kind of show it might be like 40 to 60 samples but you do get breaks and you just take your time it sounds like it is a lot of cheese isn't it yeah i have to kind of say that it's not incredibly glamorous because like wine you spit your sample (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, <laughs> choose, choose a, when the photos get taken. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> it sounds very delicious, doesn't it? Yeah. But uh, it, uh, it is sort of work. And, yeah. Uh, it, it, I suppose leading you back to talking about the quality of Australian cheese and seeing the importance of these shows and awards and the amount of quality cheese that have, have come through. I mean, have you seen that sort of – like an increase in quality in the last few years in shows or is this is, is it always been there um oh, you know, is, is it an evolution of style of suppose of australian it's cheese? always been there and and you know this from even just running mold um in various times of the year the changes in the in the milk give you different um outcomes um over the season um yeah. and i think one of the hardest ones for us to judge is you know we've had a you know drought situation um in new south wales in great australia uh that was like 18 months ago and that cheese judging was just it was just so hard to you know because there's struggling out there on the land in in you know conditions that are outside their control and and it does affect the quality of the product but you you judge what's what's there in front of you and you try and keep that in mind i, th- I guess um and then sometimes you know you have great abundant seasons and things are wonderful and the milk is fantastic and and then you know that's a joy to judge so it is i think you know it is an agricultural product and um, it comes from the seasons and that does transport into the um the final product of the cheese Indeed, yeah. indeed, indeed. And that's what, like, and then I so bringing you back to the cheese shop, and you know, mm. I love having that those convers having those conversations mm. with people who walk mm. in there. Well, how do you, how do you talk if a customer walks into the store and says, "Hey, look, I had this cheese, um, you know, a few months ago, and I had it again. It's different." I mean, how, how do you, um, I suppose, have that conversation, or you know, encourage people to embrace this um, this difference it, this in difference, handmade yeah. cheeses? Yeah. Um, I like to think that no no two cheeses are ever the same, same. Even you know, and I and that's what I communicate to customers is that you know a cheese made on this day is going to be completely different to a cheese on another day. Um, it's it's ultimately you know a living thing, and they go through changes and they become more ripe, and sometimes they get a bit overripe. Um, but the conversations that you have with customers are generally you know what is it you're wanting to eat. Is it for today? What's the occasion? Is it for befores or after dinners? Um, how many people is it for? Any likes or dislikes? Um, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, it's a fun kind of speed dating situation of getting the right person with the right cheese, and um, and as cheesemongers, that's something that we really love to do um, is send people home with you know peak condition cheeses for the for the right occasion and in the right quantity we hate waste or I do anyway I want to know that people are consuming everything they've eaten and um, and so you try and get the quantities right of that um, but yeah the uh, you know it's just about having that conversation with people and telling them the expectations of you know cheeses do change in in flavor um, and maybe if you don't like that right now then there's going to be another cheese out there for you yeah, indeed. Yeah. And so, in um, since having the shop, I mean, have you seen is it is there a style of cheese in particular that's um, overwhelmingly popular, or are you seeing a sort of, uh, I suppose, a, an openness to a diverse range of styles? Or 
I think there's an openness to a diverse range of styles, but I think coming into a dedicated cheat shop, people uh, can be intimidated because they don't know the right language to use or they don't actually know what they like is is curious. I think people feel really confident going into a into a bottle shop or a, you know to buy booze because they kind of know that they like, let's for instance say they like Chardonnay and they like it from the Yarra Valley and that's where they, you know, their zone is and they can go into a bottle shop and they can find that without any interaction. But <laughs> with a cheese shop, they have to talk to me because I have to, we have to have a conversation because I have to, you know, cut the cheese and wrap it for them. And so, you know, you, you've got to start somewhere. Um, and so we, you know, we like, like to ask a lot of questions, um, and then we hopefully give them enough language over the time. So I guess then the confidence builds and then they start to understand what it is that they like. And then they can start coming back to us and repeating our words, which is classic because I talk about cheese uh, quite differently probably to anyone else. But people come back and say my words to me and I think that's fantastic. <laughs> what kind of words? I'm intrigued I now. I don't know. Like we've got, um, I guess with, with COVID, we weren't able to do many tastings in the shop. Like we weren't. We just cut that out because, you know, just minimise the risk. And so we generally have three or four buzzwords for each cheese and it's just we haven't come up with them. It's not been a marketing meeting or anything. It's just how we talk about a particular cheese. So, you know, if we're talking about King River Gold, it's like smooth, stinky, kind of meaty, um, mm. you know, savoury umami. Um, but then if it's extravagant from the artisan, it's like rich and buttery. So those are the two key words. And then people come back, they might not remember what the cheese was, but they remember rich and buttery or smooth and stinky or, you know, so um, it's pretty easy. But um, but we do have, you know, certain buzzwords that we use with people and then they come back and use them. We used to have one that we called Larry's Bongo. It was a Miller <laughs> <laughs> Miller or Tom. So when they made that, that goat's milk Tom that they used to make. And uh, my my friend Lawrence is a drummer and uh, <laughs> he eats his favourite cheese. So he called it his bongo. And then people come in <laughs> and then everyone came in and asked for Larry's bongo. The, the cheese that starts with L. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'd forgotten my own secret language with that one. <laughs> so that's a, yeah, oh, classic. I, I love that. I love a cheese mm. secret language. I yeah. think that's anything. It's like all of us... Um, uh, again, uh, I love that with people coming into a shop or anyone's journey when they're getting into cheese is, yeah. is just getting over that intimidation factor and getting a little bit of confidence to just some key words and phrases. And yeah. I, I'm listening to what you're saying. It, it, it very much, again, it goes back to even working in my restaurant days of yeah. how to sort of help find the right product for the person in front of you and what occasion yeah. and style that they're after. And to, to help, and that, that, that's so empowering. Um, uh, and I think a lot of people talk about, you know, educating and educating and in particular wine, uh, you know, we've got to educate everybody to death. It's like, well, what we need to do is actually help empower people by... Give them the um, language to use. Give them the language yeah. To, yeah. to actually help help ask them. So mm. um, Maybe not can, Larry's bongo, but um, Ma- <laughs> that <laughs> one wasn't such like a good that. one. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I like the, other ones are, the other ones are good. Um, <laughs> you know, alpine cheeses, sweet and nutty, you know. Mm. Cheddars. People use words that I'm like, I don't know what that flavour is that you're trying to say, but I guess it's the acid balance in a cheddar. It mm. makes it bitey. Um, yeah. yeah textures are important. Like textures totally. are so important with, with cheese. It brings such a – like the the actual enjoyment 
comes a lot from a, from the texture as much as the flavour, I think, too. So giving people that to be able to describe whether they're lacking a hard cheese or a softer blue or, a you know, a drier goat's cheese. Mm. <laughs> well, here's a, um, uh, probably a bit of a crystal ball question for you. you know, if we were, we're chatting, say, Australian cheese in 10 years' time, what what type and styles of cheeses do you think you'll be selling at the shop? Um, pers- personally, we sell more, like we have more hard cheeses, Alpines, Toms, Cheddars, than we do any other category, and that's partly because of their um, their life in the shop, like they, they last longer, um, and we do use them in our cheese toasties. Um, and... I guess um, I've never like we we try in in the shop, or I, I've always tried not to have anything too mass production. Although obviously you have to have Conte in a cheese shop in Potts Point, otherwise people might kick up a stink. But um, um, because it's such a cheese that everyone's familiar with and know that they love it, so that's you know um, that's there. But uh, you know, smaller producers. Um, Hopefully there's even more people making more delicious things in 10 years. Um, I try not to have flavoured cheeses in the shop too much. I'm not that big on. So my selection is very much my taste in a way, although you try and fill gaps, um, understanding that people sometimes want a blue that's going to punch them in the face as opposed to, you know, something like um, milder um, and texturally different. Um so, but then you know you taste a cheese like moss or poppet from from prom country, and those are flavoured cheeses with herbs, and they're just so well balanced. And so maybe a few more of those kind of things. Um, there are some you know already cheeses being developed here with you know um, native indigenous ingredients, and you know Kim Masters at Section Twenty Eight doing the wonderful kind of seasonal variations and using the milk to its optimum. Um, so I guess a bit more of that going on. So reading the milk and and maybe making, you know, having their what's the word? Not hallmark, but you know their standard cheeses, and then within the range, creating kind of more variations maybe is a good good way to go. But I'm hoping for more producers because even like in the however many years that I've been working in the industry, there's so many more cheesemakers than there were. I feel, making quality, you know, cheese. Penny, thank you so much for being part of uh, the Mold Cheese Collective podcast and for being a regular at the events. Uh, I just love them so much. Thank you for putting them on. I just think I walk into that room and I'm like, I'm with my people. You are, you know. So thanks for creating a a safe space for a curd nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. A a safe space for curd nerds. Yeah. Um, yeah, Indeed. Uh, Penny, well, thank you so much, mate, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you so much, Dan. Thanks so much for listening in to the Mold Cheese Collective podcast. If you'd like to hear more, we do hope you consider subscribing or even better, share it with your mates or via the socials. It all goes a long way to help us spreading the good word about Australian cheese. If you'd like to get in touch or have any feedback at all, please follow us at the socials at, at Cheese or send us an email to hello at moldcheesefestival.com. We've got so many more conversations to come. So until next time, cheers.